Hi, everyone, and welcome to She Talks Law, a Nixon Peabody podcast by women for women. On this podcast, we share legal knowledge and industry insights, empower one another, and talk about the journey from I wish I could to I did it. I'm your host, Jen Javesky, and today I am joined by two amazing guests as we dive into the world of data privacy. First, I'm excited to welcome back my Nixon Peabody colleague, whom you may remember from last season, Jenny Holmes. Jenny is a counsel here at Nixon and the deputy leader of Nixon Peabody's cybersecurity and privacy team. She regularly advises clients on the ever-changing landscape of privacy regulations like California's CCPA and the New York Shield Act. Welcome, Jenny. Thanks. And also joining us today is Kristen Rood, a finance professional turned e-commerce connoisseur as the founder and president of Northern Classics, a premium line of children's outerwear and accessories. And before you go rushing to your... Uh, computer to go look up Northern Classics. Let's listen to what we've got going on for today. Today's conversation is for anyone really working in the e-commerce world, whether you're in the early stages of planning or one of our more seasoned listeners who's been around the block in the e-commerce space for quite some time. Oftentimes, when first starting a business, founders wear several hats, including that of risk management officer. As we'll hear more about today, Founders oftentimes take on the responsibility themselves of weighing what they believe to be the most crucial policies and procedures to have in place to come as close to legally compliant as they think they can get on their own. And sometimes privacy takes a back burner. I can guarantee you that after our conversation today, and as Jenny will explain, that perspective will completely change. As a startup founder, Kristen will give us some real-world examples of how she's incorporating privacy into each state of Northern Classics growth. Jenny will also identify the top five things that e-com businesses need to know from a data privacy perspective. But before we dive into all the juicy data privacy insights from Jenny, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit more about Northern Classics? Hi, Jen. Yes. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So Northern Classics was launched last fall, fall of 2022, and we are a line of premium outerwear and accessories for kids. So currently we focus on snow gear for kids. We kind of saw this niche in the market that was really missing an elevated outerwear line that performed with among the top ski brands but um, had a little bit different aesthetic. So um, it's been in the works for much longer than the last year, even though we just launched in 2022. It really, the idea really started in 2018 when I welcomed boy girl twins and I was having so much fun dressing them in, you know, the mix and match swimwear and play clothes and um, holiday outfits. And then we got to winter and I just didn't love any of the options on the market. Um, I was looking for something where I could kind of do mix and match options for the twins. And I had always wanted to start something. So it it kind of came at a good time where I was always making lists of ideas of different things that there were needs for. But I finally decided to take the leap. I was working full-time still at that point. Um, my background is originally in finance. Then I transitioned into the construction industry for a few years. And so I started this on the side while I was working in um, construction, running a small subcontracting company in Grand Rapids here. 
and working on this on the side nights, weekends. And, um, then all of a sudden COVID hit, and I found myself at home with my three kids. My husband took over the, the full operations of the other business. And it, for a while, it was really just a creative outlet of let's see if we can build this and if there's a viable business here. And then we finally decided to really put the funding behind it and take the leap. And it took us a few years to launch, getting through all the testing requirements and you know, making sure that design was top of the line where we wanted it to be. Took more time than we anticipated, but we finally did launch last year and um, it was a great first season and we are um, excited that our second season is launching. That's great. And for our listeners out there, second season is launching this week. Is that right? Or next week? Beginning it's of August. August 1st. August yep. 1st. Yep. August 1st. So um, a lot of our coats, while they perform among, among the top ski brands and have really low thermal ratings, we they do have high breathability and um, are great for chilly fall days too. So if you're in the market for back to school coats, uh, it's it's a good time to buy. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so that is quite the pivot from your previous career in finance. Um, so what has your startup journey been like? How has it lived up to your expectations? How is it different? It is definitely a big leap. I knew nothing about apparel manufacturing when we started this. Um, so there's been a huge learning curve. I have gotten really comfortable asking our factories that manufacture the apparel, all the questions. I found a phenomenal designer locally that the collection would never have been possible without her. From a legal standpoint, we've had a great legal team kind of by our side helping us launch last year and doing some annual checkups for us. So uh, it's it's been a big learning curve, but so much fun. It's been great to move into a little bit more of a creative product. Mm -hmm. I kind of always said I would do that eventually in my career. COVID probably made it happen a little bit sooner, but, you know, silver lining from COVID. Yeah. Now we can look back and see that. It's just silver lining from COVID with twins. <laughs> Twins. And then I actually welcomed um, my third right before COVID. And we had our fourth last year. Oh so my goodness. I have, I have four kids under five, Wow, <laughs> uh, which is, it's not very calm at our house, but um, <laughs> it's, it's super fun. So we'll take it. Um, but it has been, it's been really fun to work on a business that does incorporate my kids and our branding is all about getting kids outside and embracing the outdoors, even on those cold winter days. So it's been fun to kind of bring that brand to life with my kids and our own family. That's great. Jenny question for you. Founders are juggling so many different elements that a privacy policy or preparation for a future breach just might not be on top of their minds. Can you walk us through, in your opinion, what the top five things are that businesses need from a data privacy perspective? Yeah, sure. And I, I agree. Privacy is not going to be top of mind when you're launching a business. You're focusing on the product or the service that you're going to offer. Um, and, and privacy is, is sort of going to be an afterthought. And I appreciate that. I understand that. I also know that creating a privacy program is a cost, that there's really not a lot of return on that cost, um, at least in the beginning. So, you know, when Jen and I were discussing doing this episode, we really wanted to hone in on five things that we think are achievable for no matter what stage you're in, um, but especially achievable at that startup stage when, when we're first thinking about it. And the first thing that anybody can do, this takes no money, um, is to map out the data 
that you're going to be collecting. So, you know, Kristen, in your case, you knew you were going to have a website and an e-commerce site. So you knew that you were going to have information in order to complete sales. So to really grasp, you know, what, what that data looks like, you know, names, addresses, payment information, um, you know, are you going to have a newsletter? Are you going to do marketing emails? Are you putting cookies on browsers? Are you doing any types of analytics on, on your website users? Um, really making sure that we have a list of the data that you're collecting. But more than that, figuring out the purpose for why. Because if we can't say why we're collecting a certain category of data, we probably shouldn't be collecting it. Um, another thing that I really like to encourage when we're going through this exercise of figuring out what data, data, data map, is to assign an owner to the data. You know, different departments within the company, you know, finance is going to be responsible for this. Our marketing is responsible for this list. Um, and that way we're making sure that we know where that data is being kept. Um, and so we have a really good sense of, of what we have, why we have it, how long we're going to have it. Um, and, and that sets you up for a lot of success, even from the start. Um, you know, similarly to that is, is the life cycle, figuring that out, you know, you, when we collect it to when are we going to be able to get rid of it? Because, you know, the longer you hold on to data, the more data you have, the more liability you have in the event of a breach, more people you're going to be upsetting. So um, really making sure that we can see sort of start and end of all the data is, is the first step, I think, for any, any business. What if privacy wasn't on your list on day one? Is your company in trouble? No, it's never too late for privacy. Um, and, you know, we've seen that with a lot of companies that have been so well established and had been, you know, going for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, you know, 2018, the data privacy laws, the landscape completely shifted. Um, and so, you know, even these most established companies that have had data for decades, were finding themselves having to go back to square one. It's certainly easier if you're in the beginning stages and you can figure things out before you have an influx of data, which is why I think it's a, a great, maybe not day one, but year one, perhaps if I, you know, I don't want to ask too much, um, but it's, it's great to do in the initial phases of a company. Kristen, how did you approach data privacy when you started Northern Classics? So we hired a great legal team. Um, I think love we that. <laughs> exactly. I think as a, as a founder, you know, especially if you don't have the legal background, you don't know what you don't know. So I really wanted to make sure we started with, um, you know, as, as clean of a slate as we could and have the right elements in place prior to our launch. Um, I knew we needed a really thorough privacy policy and terms and conditions. So we hired a legal team to help us with that. They brought up some, you know, different aspects of data privacy and security throughout that process as well, just to, to try to keep it top of mind for us, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, we were so thankful for. And then as we've grown and started to bring more um, consultants on and different contractors to help with different aspects of the business, we've asked them all to sign NDAs and privacy policies um, as well to make sure you know, they, they understand um, right. what our expectations are. And then 
our legal team really pushed to make sure we're doing an annual review of that that privacy policy and those terms and conditions. So um, we've got that on our annual checklist to check in with them. You know, if things came up, we've been very fortunate in the first year of operating, we have not had any breaches. But if things came up, we at least have the right team in place to call on and help us navigate Mm -hmm. through any of that. You know, I think the other thing that I I didn't mention is making sure you are working with reputable software and reputable contractors. Um, I think in the startup world, you can get a lot of, you know, these standalone one-off individuals that are, are trying to provide services, which is respectable, but at the same time, don't necessarily have privacy top of mind. So we've just tried to do our due diligence prior to bringing anyone on and making sure that um, they do have the reputation and they understand the importance of keeping privacy and data security top of mind. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're ensuring that you're using the most high quality products to make your products then your customers should also be able to trust that you're using high quality software to protect their information too. So uh, what are, I know you can't give specifics, but what are some of the challenges that you faced when it comes to privacy, when you started Northern Classics? Yeah. So I, I think the biggest challenge was just not knowing where exactly to start and where to finish. So um, I've been really fortunate throughout this process of finding some great other female founders or founders in general, but, um, you know, part of this founder, this female founders collective, and there's a handful of us that just are constantly in communication and sending notes and emails of how did you approach this? What do we do here? Um, Have you faced any of these issues? So that's been a great group to kind of run questions and ideas past. Um, and, and just getting, you know, as I said, getting really comfortable saying, I don't know, and mm-hmm. kind of being vulnerable and okay, asking the questions to a legal team or to a, a coworker or a friend um, in the industry. Because I do think, you know, at the end of the day, people, people all want to help each other. Yeah. And if they've done it, people like to share their experience. So that's been a great resource for me. But, um, you know, at the beginning, it can be harder to say, I don't, I don't even know what you're asking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are some things that you learned about managing a data privacy plan that you didn't know or realize before you started the company? I think the biggest thing is that it's just an ever-changing landscape. And as you guys know, probably all too well to stay on top of that day-to-day is a job in itself. So we've, that's where we've just kind of said, okay, let's outsource. Let's make sure we have the right legal team. That's monitoring this for us. And when we do those check-ins, they're able to relay some of that information back to us. I think that's so important too. And it it isn't even on my top five list, but making sure that you are aware that things are changing beyond your control. Laws are changing, um, you know, technologies are changing and making sure that you have those check-ins on your program regularly is, is so important because privacy should be, you know, constantly checked in on and and made sure that it's up to date with your practices because you are a constantly evolving company as well. Um, and then up to date with the law too. So I, I think that's yeah. so important. Absolutely. I, I also feel like, um, you know, when you first start digging from someone outside of the legal world, when you first start digging into data privacy and security, it can feel really overwhelming and daunting. And what I would say we've learned 
in the last year, two years, as, as we've kind of gotten up and running, is that it doesn't have to be as daunting as it seems from the outside, as long as you feel like you've done those check-ins and kind of done your full due diligence and have the right reviews in place. And, you know, again, using the right reputable software and companies, I think at the beginning, it was much more daunting than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm so happy you said that because I think that's one of the biggest barriers too, is just one, not knowing where to start or just looking at everything that needs to be done and being completely overwhelmed. And that certainly doesn't have to be the case at all. You know, we can take it step by step, you know, it can hit pause if we need to reevaluate, you know, the direction we're going in, but yeah, it certainly is like one step at a time when it comes to privacy. Exactly. Kristen, like every new company, cost is very important. And can you discuss your process for finding vendors that were cost-effective and had a privacy policy aligned with Northern Classics? Yeah, cost is always top of mind. Obviously, when you're you're a brand new company, um, you've got to make every dollar count. So I would say we have pulled on vendors a lot through referrals from other companies that have already had success with different providers. Got to tap into your village. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's been just such an (laughs) instrumental piece of of being willing to ask the questions. And some of the people we found that we're working with are phenomenal and um, already have that track record. So um, I do think, you know, you get just so many emails of people reaching out with different offers and requests. And a lot of those are pretty easy to weed out right off the, off the bat. But I do think getting someone that's been tested by someone else and has kind of a success story with them has been wonderful. I would also say just from a software standpoint, we have used a lot of what is just kind of industry standard leading software just because we wanted to take a lot of that risk out. Um, We're on a Shopify platform. We use Klaviyo for our emails. Um, We've, you know, we're using judge.me for reviews. We've really tried to strip out some of the risk there by just saying, you know, there's probably less expensive, more affordable options out there, but do they perform at the same level? Right. That's just kind of a judgment call you have to make, but um, Mm -hmm. I think going with some of those more common platforms makes it take some of that concern out of it too. Yeah. Jenny, we have two final data privacy must-haves for e-commerce businesses. Can you tell us more about those? Well, so I think we have three if we're going to hit number five, and you know that somebody would call us out and say we only hit four. (laughs) Um, And interestingly enough, Kristen has touched on all three of these. Um, So the first thing is really those policies, both external and your internal policy. So external being your website privacy policy. This is your statement to the world of how you're going to protect their information. So you not only want to make sure that you are being transparent with what you have in that policy, how you are collecting information, but you also want to make sure that your actual practices are aligning with what you have in that policy. On the flip side of that, I want to make sure that we have internal policies in place. And I think this is where a lot of people, I I start to lose a lot of people when you start thinking about internal policies and building those out. And these can be really simple, but just, you know, talking and, and Kristen mentioned this, making sure that your employees know how to handle 
the data. Um, you know, know that certain information needs to be treated more sensitively. Um, you know, alongside that goes the employee training piece, sort of hand in hand. You know, are we training our employees about phishing emails or how to report uh, a data breach if they suspect something? Um, and then the last piece is really that breach preparedness. Um, because I hate to say it, but hackers, these bad actors, they don't care if you're a startup. They don't care if you are a multi-million dollar international company. Um, you know, when they target you, they are going to target you. And, you know, that's when a breach happens. So making sure that you are prepared for that what if, um, you know, even having plan in place so that your response is that much more efficient, especially in timing, can save a company, you know, not only dollars, but also reputation wise as well. So those are my five must haves when we are starting off. Thank you. Awesome, Jenny. And we talked about how aspiring e-commerce business owners should tackle data privacy leading up to the launch of their businesses, but Let's take it a step further. As their customer base and their engagement grows, as their business grows, what must they do to maintain a robust long-term data privacy plan? Again, Kristen has already touched on that, but that's those annual check-ins or you know, biannually, depending on whenever you're making a change with how you're using your data. Um you know, I'm, I'm sure that with the launch of new products, Kristen's going to want to send marketing emails or other promotional emails. Um, so then we're going to enter into the world of can spam and making sure your email marketing is compliant. So it's, you know, as you're starting to use that data and make that data work for you as a company, um, we're going to keep opening the proverbial can of worms um, when, when it comes to privacy laws. And, you know, I, I always say it's not that we can't do this with the data. It's not that we can't use that data to benefit the company, um, but we just have to make sure we're doing it correctly. And so having those check-ins with counsel, with your vendors, um, you know, as, as you grow, will help that privacy plan grow with you so that it doesn't get to a point where it's completely outdated. Thank you. And Kristen, from your experience with Northern Classics, can you discuss your approach to data privacy compared to when you first started? You know, how is it? How has your approach to data privacy evolved? Yeah, I would say um, we we try to keep it always top of mind. I do mm -hmm. think either you or Jenny mentioned earlier in the episode that um, it's hard as a as a founder to always have it top of mind. But yeah. I think the, that's where those annual checkups have really helped. Um, you know, I mentioned it's an ever-changing landscape um, and something to think about anytime you're engaging with a new vendor and supplier. So we just kind of keep coming back to, um, do we have everything, the right things in place? And have we thought through the risks of bringing someone else on board or sharing, you know, certain information or credentials with some of these providers? We just are actually going through and updating that non-disclosure and data privacy agreement that we have vendors sign as they come on board with us. So, um, you know, just trying to put the right contracts and tools in place and knowing that they're reputable, I think that's been a big, a big component of it too. Yeah. And as your experiences change, knowing that the terms of those agreements can change too, knowing that you need to update your forms, you need to make sure that everything is up to date uh, to align with 
the change, either change in law or change in your experience, different things that happen to the company. Absolutely. Jenny, what are some more common privacy vulnerabilities that e-commerce businesses face? So I think the most common and the one that's on the forefront of everyone's minds um, when it comes to a vulnerability is just that data breach, um, especially e-commerce sites that do have credit card information. You know, you, you want to be really sensitive to the protections you're offering for that information because, uh, like I've said you know, time and time again, a breach is not only the dollar amount to the company, but it's also that reputation and the trust you have with your customers. But I think, you know, another one that we don't often think of that e-commerce sites really have to face is just how quickly the laws are changing. So, you know, new state data privacy laws are coming rapidly, you know, just four new ones in 2023, updates to laws that just came out already. So, So we really want to make sure that e-commerce sites are staying on top of that, both in their own practices and then, you know, any external facing policies like a a website privacy policy as well. You want to make sure that you are able to comply with those, you know, timely. And then the other vulnerability I'll just mention with e-commerce is that it's a really unique relationship when your customer, your direct customer is an individual, Um, you know, in today's privacy world, individuals have a a much greater sense of their own privacy, of their personal information than I think ever before. And we're putting a lot more weight in how companies treat our data. So that's something that is, um, you know, really important for for e-commerce sites and, and all businesses, but especially those that deal directly with individuals to pay attention to. Jenny, from the data privacy side, if you can leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would you tell them for those starting in the e-commerce space? No, I'd say it's it's never too late. You know, I think if it's if it's not one of the first things that you do, which of course I would always say that it is, but I'm also practical and I know that um, you know data privacy can't be the first thing you think of when you're starting a new business, but you know, it's it's never too late to start and to get up to speed on data privacy and making sure that you have all the pieces in place so that you can have a really robust privacy program um, and protect your, your customers and ultimately your company's reputation as well. Awesome. Kristen, what advice would you give to someone looking to pivot their career like you did uh, and start their own business in the e-commerce space? I would say do it. Um, I think it's been such a rewarding experience. Um, it's been a journey. I'll say that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel really thankful. I have a really supportive husband who um, has kind of vetted through a lot of these possibilities and opportunities with me as well. You know, as I reflected back on this, I think there's something that a lot of founders don't talk about. I think they all say do it, but I do think there's this in-between stage. And quite honestly, we're probably still right in the middle of it, there's this in-between stage where it is hard. You know, these businesses don't grow to successes overnight. And the product development is the first piece. And then the sales and marketing is the whole separate piece of that. So, you know, we we feel really confident with the product that we've brought to market. And while we had a great first season, if we do want to grow and scale, um, that sales and marketing component is always going to kind of be top of mind now for us. So, you know, I've said it a few times throughout here, but I think if if you're kind of on the fence, I think kind of stripping away some of those vulnerabilities and um, being comfortable asking those questions and navigating a new landscape and saying, I don't know, and figuring it out, you know, 
it requires a lot of hard work, but it is so, so rewarding to actually see it all come together. And it's super fun when I see new customers purchasing our pieces and seeing them out on the streets. So it's great. Yeah. And on that note, don't forget to check out the new line from Northern Classics. Kristen and Jenny, thank you both so much for joining me and sharing your insights on today's episode of She Talks Law. To our listeners at home, be sure to visit northernclassics.com to view their just released collection. And don't forget to subscribe to She Talks Law on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Like and follow She Talks Law on Instagram and Facebook, and email your comments and topic suggestions to shetalkslaw at nixonpeabody.com. And finally, the views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Nixon Peabody and should not be construed as legal advice. This podcast is not intended to create a lawyer-client relationship, and listeners should not act upon anything expressed by presenters without seeking professional counsel. This podcast may constitute attorney advertising under various state ethics rules, and we note prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Thanks, everyone.